the Tea Health Show, the medical lifestyle show. Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be with you today. It is a Wednesday, so that means it's the Tea Health Show with Dr. Mark. And we've got Dr. Mel in the studio with us as well, and we're talking education today. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm very well today, thank you. Very, very well. And yes, you're right. We have Dr. Melanie Jacobs with us in the studio. Um, Dr. Mel, we've had you here before, not on the show, but some one of our previous shows. Welcome, and please just introduce yourself quickly to us. Thank you, Mark. Morning, Chris. Morning, N- Nice listeners. to see you again. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm in education. I've been working with schools, uh, curriculum, uh, doing research. I was um, at the university for many years. Um, I don't think I'm a specialist, but I'm uh, passionate about teaching and what's happening with young people in our country. That's actually what I do. So we've decided to veer a little bit off our path of medicine into education, um, especially after the president's um, address this week. We are heading into our school year, and last year was such a disruptive year for students and for parents that we decided that we want to just forewarn and arm our our learners and their parents out there with a little bit of tools that they can use to make this year a little bit better. So, and that's why you are here, Mel. Um, please. When we when we spoke about this, you said, firstly, you want to tell us what the differences are between homeschooling and home education. And I think, well, let's start there. Um, Mark, I think um, the homeschooling, the term um, and the whole fraternity of homeschooling is a registered, accredited body. Uh, and a parent could register their kid for homeschooling at centers. Um, the country has got many, many centers uh, where you could register your kid. Uh, I mean, somebody on a yacht in the Mediterranean could register their kid as a homeschooler. Uh, you will get material from the center and you'll be homeschooling your kid or child at school, uh, at home or at a cottage center or a homeschool center where they've got qualified or less qualified people really doing the teaching. Um, but it's, it's up to you if you want to follow that route. Uh, I'll talk about the pros and cons just now, but that's homeschooling. It's a home school based teaching. When so, we say education at home, that is a child that's been registered at a school and is now staying at home. So the responsibility of the curriculum lies within the school. The schedule lies within the school. Um, these teachers, uh, in some cases, kids went to school last year or went back to school. And in some cases, parents just said, I'm going to keep my child at home. And the school then provided them with learning material or uh, recorded lessons or Zoom or uh, Google Classroom uh, support. So let me, let me get this straight. You can't homeschool your child if you, you as the parent who's doing the schooling is not registered with one of these bodies. Am I correct? No, you, you don't have to be registered, but the child has to be registered. So you've got to inform, I, I think it's government that this kid is in a school. It's a homeschool, but it's a registered process and there will be some, um, you know, quality control and, and yeah. things happening from another body, not just a parent saying, I'm covering the whole curriculum. Be- because there's a, there, there's a legal requirement yes, yes. for a child to be at school. Yes. So that, that's very important. You cannot wake up one day and decide from today, I'm going to homeschool my yeah. child. Um, there's, there's certain paperwork, there's certain legal uh, entities that has to be covered. However, when you get to the grade 10, 11, and 12 years, in South African law, you then have to be registered at either a government school, 
either uh, independent school, they write the IEB metric. Mm. The um, schools write, obviously, the Department of Basic Education metric. Or the independent schools, who are the home schools, who are the distance schooling. That's the bulk of these students who's registered with Sakai. It's the South African uh, Comprehensive Assessment Institute. And those three bodies are uh, under the umbrella of Umaluzi, who then... Uh, gives you the certificate at the end of the day. So up till grade nine, parents can do whatever they choose, but when they get to 10, 11, and 12, the matric exam needs to go through that. Other than that, you can opt to go through the Cambridge system, which is something else. And, um, yeah, it's happening in South Africa quite now, Cambridge, often. Cambridge is becoming the yes. sort of education choice of note at the yes, moment. Yes. You know. But, Chris, um, we know uh, COVID brought along lots of changes. But yeah. I think the fact that money and our income has been Cut down to Absolutely. bare, bare essentials Absolutely. means you cannot afford that expensive uh, yes. tuition uh, because Cambridge is expensive. It's got diff- uh, quite a different way of assessment. Um, there's no tests. Kids just they register for a certain exam and they have to be prepared. I mean, we know it's a very good quality uh, of education. But um, certainly that's very expensive. And in some cases, uh, homeschooling is also expensive. People think it's it's cheaper. But mm. getting all the material, getting your child in the, in the uh, fraternity of homeschooling is not for free. And it's, I, I don't think it's that expensive than a school, depending on where you are registered. But it certainly is, I think the money drives whatever decision we make. And I mean, what we, sorry, Mark, and what we also have to realize is, is that it takes the parents' time to homeschool. If you're homeschooling, that, it's a full-time job. Yes, Chris, I think parents um, in the whole, all over the world, I think the whole view of what teachers do and who teachers are <laughs> changed last year. So, I, uh, and this is what my question was, and I, th- I, I think we, I might be preempting a couple of things. Um, in our discussion that we have last year before the, the kids started writing exams, Melanie, we, um, we said that it's very clear that parents, like coaches, or coaches and teachers like parents can't be the uh, mother and the father. Um, it's very difficult to for a child, especially a younger child, to distinguish between the disciplinarian, the support structure, and the parent. Um, and is this not blurring all those lines all over again? One of the principles of homeschooling, one of the first pillars that it's built upon is discipline, structure, routine. And if there's no schedule, if kids can wake up whenever, sloth into the kitchen, sit around a cup of coffee and Rice Krispies, and then say, I'm busy with reading, mm. that's not homeschooling. Yeah. Homeschooling is very structured, a schedule. Um, yes, I mean, you can have some flexibility around my uh, horse classes at 9 or 10, or I'm going to the gym between 12 and 1. You've got that flexibility, sure. which you don't have in a in a formal schooling environment. But certainly it will fail, and I'm not saying it because I, I hope it fails, but it's the chances of failing if there's no discipline and there's no routine, which, as you said, blurs. If the parent, the mom, is saying to you, make your bed, and three minutes later, she's requesting you to start your comprehension test as the teacher. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult. So parents, uh, as I said just now, I think they've got lots of um, empathy now and knowledge that every parent cannot be a teacher. I, I take it in my practice specifically. I have a, a lot of parents that came and said they cannot do this. They can simply not cope. Um, 
besides the fact that suddenly the whole family is at home 24-7. Everyone is working from home. Everyone is schooling from home. And then there has to be family time in between. They couldn't make it work. And unfortunately, there were some of these relationships that broke down and ultimately ended up in divorce. I acknowledge the fact that parents are doing the best they can. Any parent all over the world, if you're poor, if you are educated, if you are uh, doing whatever you can, but your child will be your utmost focus, trying to do the best. Uh, I don't foresee that this year is going to be different than last year, but I do think parents have got knowledge of their own abilities and therefore, if you ask me the question, will kids go back to school, my first um, answer will be, I hope so. Because the school is still the best structured learning environment. Parents aren't um, trained. They're not specialized. I mean, imagine now a mom with three kids at home, grade two, grade five, and grade nine. Yeah. Um, in, in no school will a teacher even be equipped to teach three grades uh, with the diversity of subject differentiation. Um, so I do think parents should uh, think again before keeping their kids at home without support. I mean, keep, keeping them at home with support from the school, with guidance, with uh, Google Classroom, with obviously connectivity, because I think in our pure, poorer communities, yeah. that that is the problem. And I listened to a, a talk this morning where Paul Kaldich from FEDSA said um, schools will be ready. All the schools aren't ready. But it's still an environment where the teachers and the school bodies really check everything and they try and create a safe environment. I mean, at the end of last year, we had parents sending their kids off to a matric rage in the south coast. And don't tell me it's kids that went. It's parents that let their kids go. Yes. Um, would that probably be parents who thought what's going to happen there and maybe kept their kids at home the whole of last year and then thought, let's give them some opportunity to be kids again. Melanie, I, I spoke to a parent, I think I've told Mark this, and she said, but you must just understand, they had such a tough year. Well, yes, we all had a tough year, didn't we? It was, it was a problem year. But you try and keep your child safe. You keep them in isolation. You, you, you did the lockdown, and then suddenly you let them go. No 17, 18, 19-year-old is going to think of social distancing, of sanitizing and masking as, so, as a primary. This, this for me brings me to a point which I think we discussed a little bit before we went on to air. And it's the fact that this strain of COVID is affecting children much more severely mm. and much more often than the previous strain of COVID. And now we're starting to see children... Not only bringing the disease home, but being home, being sick. Melanie, you were telling me as we walked in of 20-year-olds 20, 20 and 22-year-olds that died in a very short period of time after contracting COVID. Um, you know, but there's a very, very, very small difference between a 22-year-old and a 17- and an 18-year-old. Um, I've lambasted the, the parents that allowed their children to go on to rage because yeah. I do think it's parents that were uh, irresponsible and I want to lambaste that parents that allowed their children to get back onto bloody flights after knowing that they were COVID positive and brought it back here. Mm. It's bad enough. And then you all went and you went to travel to the coast because it was such a difficult year. And you know what? You just brought it back here. We, the rest of us have to deal with this. As I always say, what did you give granny for Christmas? COVID. Oh, yes. You know. And, um, you know, I think parents, if they just think of what kids lost and trying to sort of manipulate the situation and trying to make it better, you don't ha didn't lose a child. Yes. And yes. I think if you don't know somebody who died up till now, Who's got the flu or recuperated? Obviously, there's people who who get over this. I think your way of thinking about this is quite different, and you are still 
I won't say selfish, but you're still thinking of myself and my poor kids and whatever. Mm. I think uh, parents should in this coming three, four weeks before the government schools open, if and whenever they open, I know some private schools opened now, um, should educate kids and the culture in the house should be, we have to be careful. Uh, yes. Don't be rude, but social distance. Keep your mask on. Um, wash your hands. I, I think in my own house, I'm washing my hands every time I walk past the bathroom or the kitchen. Yes. Um, and it's okay. We are laughing now because the only way we get alcohol in our systems is now with <laughs> absorbing it through your skin. <laughs> but uh, I think the important thing is for for parents to do that to make their kids alert that when you're going to school, please maintain these mm. conduct. And, and this is the way we do now, it. Now, I mean, strangely, I've got a couple of friends who are teachers, and they was they were surprised at how quickly the kids at school adapted to the social distancing, the wearing the mask, the sanitizing. Um, and and these are little kids, you know, they 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 sort of the pre grades and 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 the the primary school children <clears throat> really adapted well. And and quickly to that. It's because it becomes a routine for them. Yeah, but kids are obedient. Uh, especially if they're very young, they want to be pleasing yes. the teacher. Uh, th that's the way and, and that's the age group they're in. That, that's part of who they are. Yeah. Um, yes, when they get a little bit older, they're rebellious. But I think most of the kids are very scared. And we mustn't is un underestimate the fact. That if you're scared, the way you conduct yourself within mm. the environment. I mean, if, if a traffic officer pulls me off the road, my first way of reacting would be aggression, anxiety, and things like that. Not being nice, saying, morning officer, how are yes. you thanking, for, uh, thanking him for keeping the road safe? Yeah. So and that's a natural way of, you know, just reacting to things. So parents, I think if they just do the right things at home, setting the right uh, role modeling, um, being there uh, exactly how they want them to react within an environment where other people are, that will be okay. I yes. think the schools are really trying their utmost best. So I'm still saying send them back to school um, with the proviso that they know exactly how to react when they're in the environment of other people. Okay, so for those parents who decide not to send their kids back to school, I think we need to, and the whole aim is to give those kind of people tools um, and coping mechanisms to to help them through this year. Um, if it comes that that government or the school, the schooling bodies decide, okay, let's do half our class um, this week or half a class next week, um, is that a bad thing, Melanie, or not? I don't think we at the stage where we can say it's bad or not because what's the alternative? I will, if I'm with my kids at home, have a worked out schedule. I mean, you opted to keep your kids at home, so you also opted to now be the principal, the teacher of grade two, four and eight, and you also opted to be um, the school environment. So mm. firstly, I think before you make that decision – keeping them at home, which I obviously think is your own choice. Think, do I have space? Do I have dedicated space where we can really put desks in or will the one sit in the kitchen, the other one in the dining room and the other one in their room? So space is utmost important. Obviously, the schedule. I think I would give my kids a schedule saying you will be up at 630 We'll have breakfast at 7, as we usually did, and at 8 or half past 8, we'll start the school day. Yes. You will obviously have to have things like a printer or um, connectivity or tablets or computers, whatever, and, and many kids can use their phones, um, but they'll have to be material. I think communication between parents and schools are very important. 
Firstly, inform the school that you're not sending John to school. Secondly, ask them, so what should I do? And schools are prepared. They, I know they are, the teachers are working much harder than they ever did because they're doing blended times, learning. 30 times harder yes. because they are teaching individually. Exactly. 30 or however many kids they have in their class. They're teaching those kids individually because everything is aimed individually. And at 30 them. kids, 6 Subjects. Let's say grade three, they've got uh, English language, they've got mathematics, they've got life skills, and they've got first additional language. Yeah. So a teacher in grade three will teach 30 times four for one class in a day. It's, they are working their butts off. Yeah. And uh, we really have to acknowledge that. So parents, contact the school, ask them what they should do. In most cases, the school sends you the stuff. Yes. They'll send you the pictures that I've got to color in with instructions. The, the teachers really are preparing those very, very well thought out tasks that they could do. And then obviously there have to be consistency. Um, like a diet or a New Year's resolution, don't start off on a Monday and Tuesday with a routine, with consistency. And then by Wednesday, when the gardener is there or something else happens uh, or there's something nice on the TV, then sort of let go and relax all the rules that you make. Mm. So if if we're saying we are studying at home, it has to be either a five-day or a four-day routine. Um, or mom will say in the mornings I take the little ones in the afternoons and please don't let them sit in front of the the computers with a closed door. I can bargain with you that yes. they will be playing games. They are kids. These aren't self-directed learners. What we did find last year, and it would be an interesting topic for a research paper, the kids who's really self-driven, the kids who's very well equipped, on their own already, and um, um, this, these will be obviously the high school kids, all the grade sevens and, and, and sixes maybe. Or that little girl who's always got yes. her pencils yes. beautifully everything, lined up and everything. She's perfectionist. Yes. Uh, their work will be fine, and even more than they should have done. So I had many kids who had anxiety attacks who were mm. on the verge of a nervous breakdown because they worked too hard yes. and they spent too much time on their work. Um, but the kids who's not doing anything, parents, sit with them. Even if you are sitting with your computer, but sit with them. Um, not checking, but being there for them. If they want to ask a question, uh, then you are there. Explain to them exactly what the task is. So parents have to prepare. Yes. And yes. that is not um, <laughs> something I think I would be able to do with my own full-time job. Being then also keeping the home, the house, buying food, cooking, and then to be a teacher of three kids, mm. who's actually three teachers. In a high school, you would be one of six or seven teachers. Exactly. So think of these things. It's not undoable, but it's got to have um, fair planning. Uh, and I think it's not just mommies that can do this. Well, I, I was just going to say, I mean, we've got – you know, fathers are going to have to come, absolutely come to the party with this. You know what? I had so many of my patients, especially when it came to grade 8, grade 9, grade 10 um, and higher, that said, they don't understand the work. Well, you know, I certainly couldn't do maths. This I mean, is well, definitely not the work that we did. Let me Mark, um, grade 10, 11 and 12, I mean, I know physics and chemistry up to university level. My math has gone down the drain. I'm, I won't be able to do that. But an interesting um, occurrence and a story I want to share with you. A, a friend of my daughter's, they have four kids in school, and two of them had, it's a grade three and a grade one or whatever. Um, the grade one got homework and he couldn't do it. And mom said, but, you can do this. You should be able to do this. I did this with you two, three days ago. And after she submitted it to the school, the teacher said, but this is not the grade one work. This is the grade three uh, worksheet. So she she was so busy with this. And, 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 and she was anxious. She actually phoned me and said, yeah. um, could you help me with math? I mean, this is grade one, two, and three math. Yeah. Uh, yes, you might have a university degree. But you aren't trained, and I think that's the one thing that – I've got a PhD. I tell you now, 
I wouldn't be able to teach anything than my own subject at that level. Sure. If you ask me to teach a grade six kid anything about pollution, I would have to have a look at the textbook, see what I should be doing, and I need to prepare. But, but that's, that's the whole point. You, you know, we're talking about preparation. You can't just hand a worksheet to a kid. They've got, you have to understand what you're handing them if you're going to be there, be present, and help them. And that means after the kids have gone to bed at night, you've got to sit and prepare the next day's lessons, which is what the teachers always do. But you are now a teacher, and, you know, you might have to be doing the washing and the ironing and the this and still doing all of that. And it's a, it's a huge, I think what we're saying is it's a very onerous Time And if we're going to do it, it's not something that we can leave to chance. You know, right at the beginning of lockdown, when kids couldn't go to school, we thought, okay, it's three weeks, then it was five weeks. Suddenly, it's been, what, nine, ten months now? Yes. And we don't know how much longer this is going to go for. Now, in a school career, in a 12-year school career, a year has been taken out, actually, of, of that schooling for a lot of kids. And in order to make sure that they are prepared for life, we've got to be very careful that we are now giving them the best quality that, that we can because we're losing time. If we're we look years. at time frames, I think a lot of people are pinning their hopes on the vaccines that's sure. coming in. South Africa, Not in South Africa. South Africa have 58 million people. We're getting 1.5 million vaccines Which in. Which works at 750,000 because it's a dual dose, this one we're getting. So um, I just want to tell the people out there that 1.5 million, there's about 2.5 million frontline healthcare workers in South yes. Africa. So not all of them will be able to get this. Then you do not yet have... Um, included your healthcare workers that's in private practice. And believe me, they will get this before the public get this. Sure. Because if you do not have healthcare workers, you do not have anyone to turn to when you get sick. So South Africa, even at our best rollout schemes, are looking at at least another year to year and a half before yeah. half of our population would even be close to being vaccinated. So this is not something that's going to go away before the end of 2022. Mm. Yes, I think, Mark, Chris, we can sit here and think about vaccinations as the cure. But now, today, and within the next three weeks, kids have got to go to school. Yes. And the reality is parents can be negative and parents can be positive. I think the the general notion in the country is the government hasn't been upfront with the vaccinations. We know about all the politics. Sure. Whatever's going to happen with government is one thing. What's happening in my house is something that I can control. Mm, and I think absolutely. parents need to be positive. Uh, last year we were caught with our pants on the knees. We didn't know what to do. Now it's a different story. We know now and we learn from the things that we couldn't do last year. If I say we, it's also schools, teachers. They will be prepared. But parents have to be positive. Mm. Parents have to be less anxious. I see kids coming in and it's not because they are anxious. It's because mommy cannot handle this. And uh, I, I think Doctors are going to have a field day with antidepressants and just counseling kids and parents. So I, my message out there would be parents, calm down. Yeah. Uh, take, take this as your challenge. If you opt to put my kid in a school, know that you've got to prepare kids and you've got to see that what's happening at school happens at home and that's, that's the risk you take. If you keep them at home, Know what you are in for. Yeah, yeah. So for me, Melanie and Chris, I, I think you'll agree with me. For what I know of my patients as parents um, and my friends as parents, our parents are ill-equipped to teach children the way that they should be taught. Mm. 
Um, and that's a nod from Melanie. So, um, put the kids in school, teach them to be safe, um, allow them the, the example of being safe, teach that to them. So when we get back to school, how do we help our teachers? The first thing I think teachers will do, because they know this has to be done, we did that at the university, in any teaching environment, you have to estimate and determine what what is left. Yes. What has been taught last year and after this extensive holiday, I mean, some of the kids didn't even pick up a pen. Yes, exactly. Most of them haven't got a cooking clue where their books are, um, or they Put it somewhere down in November last year or in October because November they wrote exams. Um, I think we have to give a two, three week time span of determining what did they retain, where are they and where should I start my teaching mm. from. Not taking the textbook or the planning from the department and thinking I just start at number nine, thinking that one to eight is in place. So I would revise. As a parent, I would tell my kid, take your previous year's work, read through it, work a little bit through it, look at the work that you did prepare for the exams last year. In actual fact, if I taught in a school now, I would have a week or two revision, and then I would give a grade 10 the paper that they had last year at the end of the year to determine are they there, where's the fallouts, where's the areas that I need to teach again, Mm. revise. And then just get into this. I mean, anything can happen in the year. So if you're in the school, use the opportunity to teach. Don't sit there and give kids work that they could have done at home. I think absolutely maximize the fact that they are in front of you, entertain that audience, and teach as well as you can. Obviously, if we could record some things to give them at home or upload on the school e-learning, we've got many schools doing fantastic work. Sure. But when they are in school, utilize that opportunity to the fullest. Um, Go out there and teach as if this is the last lesson that you'll ever teach. And I, I think if we do that, kids could see that we are positive and we are serious about this. This is not, oh, well, well, we'll wait for the president next Sunday to say again, I'm going to stay at home. Many of these kids think this is the biggest holiday they've ever had. Absolutely. And that's just being a kid. That is very much, we, we're going to take the gap where we can. I, they don't know why, why they have been in, on, in this holiday. They know Netflix by this time. Oh. Better than anybody else can. I mean, yes. just ask them anything and they'll know all of that, which isn't bad in a sense. At least they kept themselves busy. But please, a book, literature, reading, uh, working out calculations with a pen, writing. Ask the kids, write down what did, that, what did you do this holiday? What is the impact of this? Get them starting to, to think. To really have some comprehension, I need language, I need word, I need sentences. This is the challenge that parents are faced with. Can I just jump slightly here? Because cause I think, I think we, we've spoken a lot about the parents, the teachers, etc., etc. But there is an impact on the, the children, on, on, on the kids at, at, at the moment. There's a psychological impact, which is huge. You know, we're living in an environment of fear. We spoke about it yes. earlier. And anxiety. Mm. And what is that impact doing? And how can we, especially in our secure, the security of the home, how can we minimize that? And uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me immediately is that structure. Put the structures in because that, ha- that immediately creates some boundaries. But what else can we do? Structure, discipline, Mel, I think you will agree with me. Yes, but I, I, I also want to throw in the way we talk in the house. Yes. The conversations we have. Are we sitting around a table and just criticizing everybody in government, criticizing everything we hear? I mean, a few years ago, the topic at any bri in South Africa would be, and, and um, it might be the same now, is to criticize the school. 
Yes. Um, if you go to a school function, people will criticize the school teachers or the school governing body or the principal. Get that out of the way. I think if you really did some homeschooling, you will not criticize a teacher at all. In, in actual fact, I think you would think they are the clever and the most hard-wearing people that you know. Sure. So I think the environment in terms of what's the atmosphere in the house? If mom is anxious, everybody else is going to be anxious. Sure. So I think have conversations. Talk about how are we going to handle this. Get some input from kids. Uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. We we as a family are going to approach this this way. Um, yes, anxiety is a is and a get input. Sorry, exactly. as we as a family get that input it's, from everybody in the family and get get the teacher mm. to tell you what to do. How do I do this? I mean, we go to doctors if we need help. Sure. We go to counselors if we need help. Um, get the teacher in and 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 have this discussion. But I think the atmosphere at home. Must be conducive for learning. Yes. Um, please don't buy them more computer games. Uh, buy them educational stuff if you've got that money. Um, go to the libraries. The libraries were open all the time. Go and download books so that they can read. I, I think if we all just know we are now as, as moms, dads, whoever's sitting at home, grandparents, who's looking after kids. We are now all educators, and that onus is now on us to be positive, yes, not to be anxious. If you're anxious, go into your room and sort yourself out. Uh, but in the house, I think the conversations we have, the way we live, um, the, the, the rhythm, yes, we, we've got discipline. We are in school. Many parents bully their kids into the schooling. I've, I've got parents who expect their kids to sit in front of their books from 8 till 8. No school day expected that of kids. No. We haven't got real clarity on school sports and extracurricular. Yes. But we should acknowledge that that forms a huge part Absolutely. of I've kids growing up, socializing, obviously, but also their development. And where you had kids, I had matrix last year. Who the school was nice, but the actual way that they wanted to have their matric year ended was by attending obviously a matric farewell, playing in the first rugby or soccer team, being the netball captain, being uh, the head boy or head e girl. Exactly, and know? that didn't happen. So mm. they missed. If we talk about the lost generation, that's probably something that they felt they didn't have any of that, and parents can either. Compensate by doing a few things with their kids and acknowledging that this is a problem. Or they can just underestimate this and please don't do that. This is a very important mm. activity or a phase or a season in a kid's life. Um, so we have to have them either visiting friends or Give them some socializing, you know, or activity. Hmm. There's actually things that they can do to keep them busy. You know, a, a couple of friends of mine are drama teachers. And, I mean, drama is a huge, hugely integral part of, of schooling. Oh, yes. It's, it's, oh, it's yes. very, very important. And what astounded me and them was the creativity that came out from from their students because it was all online. So all the assessments had to be done pre-filmed or done live online and that sort of thing with uh, in a Zoom call, uh, the rest of the class watching. And that created a, a certain amount of that. But it, it, it also took them out of just the sitting, the book learning, if I can call it, call it that. And it's so important. You've got to have the sport component. So you, PT, as much as I hated it, I've still got PTSD about PT. But, you know, it's so important. It's very important. And so if you're homeschooling, there's got to be some playtime, some exercise stroke playtime. There's got to be some creative time, the art class, the this, the that, the other thing. Got to happen. Chris, kids acquired skills in the last year, which they we, we all did. Sure. I didn't know I can teach online. The The way I recorded lessons, um, we now currently busy with a program that we're putting the whole curriculum online with professional teachers in a professional studio. Perfect. Uh, teachers tried. Uh, 
to what they could. But I mean, obviously, we all didn't have all of that. But I saw teachers giving kids assignments record doing this. Yes. Go out and take water and put it into this these three containers. Tell me the volume, but record with your phone how you got to that and come to a conclusion. I mean, that's innovative way of teaching. Sure. And teachers are giving kids the the ability then to do assessment differently, obviously, not mm-hmm. sitting in front of a book, but using all the other skills and the the things that they have at home. I think digital learning is now at a phase where oh, everybody, grade one, uh, even the small kids can do that. I Absolutely. see my three-year-old grandson, he can move my iPhone's um, Texts and, and things that he doesn't like immediately let that little finger of his, he knows exactly what's going on in the screen, which is not good, but at least they acquired a skill and they are going to use Absolutely. it. We just have to channel the energy in the right way. I think, I think what's really exciting and I think positive that has come out of this year for me is the, the school curriculum was struggling to keep up with technology to Keep yes. up with the changes in the way we interact in the world. And suddenly now we, it's, it's, it's was there. forced there. And so these kids leaving school now going into the business world can do Zoom meetings. They, they work on their computers. They know where to source information and how to source information, which is amazing because I really do believe a lot of the time we were lacking in that, in the, in the traditional curriculum. I would tell you, I, I went to America many years ago. In 2004, actually, we visited the New York City University. And they had their first years coming in. And the only way their first years could come in is with a CV that was digital. So they had to have recordings where they worked in community, recordings of uh, Mm. how they were about doing what, what, what. And I think if we could now, and I mean it's 16 years down the line, if we could say to our kids now, what did you do last year? And they could put this into a CV or an application or a proposal, we would be astounded. They really did acquire skills and they've done a lot of stuff and i think if kids now say well what i'm doing now will help me in future it's it's absolutely fantastic and i have to acknowledge the teachers and parents Mm. who really gave kids the space obviously the means sure if you don't have a wi-fi at home your kid cannot do these things. And I do want to say if, if community halls, church halls could open up their facilities and say to kids, we've got seven computers. Our staff are working at home. We'll put them down in the church hall. Beautifully uh, socially distanced. Distance. Um, come in. We'll measure your temperature. We've got all the PPEs in place, but come in and enjoy the community. Mm. Uh, and and then they can go on and log in. I, I mean, I think these are the challenges that we are are sitting yeah. with, and we can we can make a positive impact on the communities. For me, one of the big the big problems is, of course, we, we're talking about almost a certain demographic in in this country. Our conversation today has been. Online, yes. teaching from home, parents who are yes. at home and available where there's enough food on the table, etc., etc. Our biggest concern, of, co- of course, is the myriad of kids that have really been left behind now because they don't have that infrastructure. They don't have that access. And that's something that we are going to have to look at as a society. How do we catch those kids up? I would uh, think piggybacking with schools with less resources. 100%. One of the biggest uh, projects that schools in South Africa and communities, Mm. governing bodies could say, we've got a school in the rural area, but that's our school. We will assist the teachers. We will assist whatever. And bring those kids into your hall. And you've got recorded lessons. Um, and and in those use communities, use your school buses exactly, because your exactly. school has a bus to go and fetch it. I mean, this is not this is not strange. We did it years ago. I remember the Star Schools. Exactly. Do you remember the Star and School? And Stadiums are still doing that. They've got the schools that they mentor and they help. Crawford, Redhill, all of them. Yes. Redham. 
they all have that. But I mean, that was Saturdays. Saturdays were dedicated for the star schools where these kids from underprivileged schools were coming in and were given that just that basic that they so needed. And we can do that again. Uh, So I think if, if we could just ask parents out there, if you serve on a governing body, if you are part of a community forum at whatever level, start getting some conscious um, behavior in terms of what am I doing in the country? Yes. I mean, we are so worried about our own kids who are very well resourced. I mean, we sit here in a studio who probably will have a, a generator backup if sure, there's load shedding. Um that won't happen. I mean, I worked in, in many rural areas all over the country. Um, those kids have to go to school because that's where they get food. That's where teachers will be. But I think if we could share our resources, uh, give them some Internet or data uh, and, and just share lessons or, as you said, bring them in on weekends or even a, a summer holiday or whatever, yeah. I think that's the way that we can – really serve the country best. I mean, Mel, Chris, I see that we have about 10 minutes left. Just less than, yeah. So let's, let's summarize. Let's bring this together. Let's, let's give um, both our learners, our teachers, and our parents um, a couple of tidbits. Mel, I think let's start with our parents. Um, whatever, if you can take five key Messages that you would leave them, what would that be? I think firstly, make the decision, a definite decision. Are we setting our kids going back to school or are we doing it at home? Yes. I think and, and, and be, understand what and the differences exactly, between exactly. those are. But I think sit around a table as a family and collectively decide now, this is what we are going to do. And then take the responsibility for whatever choice you as a family made. Okay. So that's the first thing. Secondly, we have to have some discipline. Mm-hmm. Kids need also to acknowledge mom is working. Dad has got a responsibility. You're not there all the time. Uh, but that disciplinary actions, and it's not as we are going to be in a – straight jacket and this is a prison and the doors will be closed things like that discipline in terms of our time management discipline in the way that we talk that we have conversations that we try really to try and be positive i think that's the main thing and less anxious and let's be more supportive um, that I think is things that has to happen at home, whether they are in a school or not. And then thirdly, communication. Communicate with whoever. Communicate with each other. Say, I'm not feeling well today. Say, I am anxious. Don't bully kids. Uh, we've got parents actually bullying kids. I, I think parents think it only happens at school. No. Um, I, I see it on a daily basis. Where, and I think they're doing the best. But it's not always the way you should do it. I mean, you are doing whatever you can. So I think conversations with schools as well. If you have a kid that's registered at a school, yeah. have clear communication. Uh, email them. Uh, please don't be the mom who's emailing a teacher seven, eight times a day. Uh, because that shows your anxiety. And I mean, parents, as we said just now. So I think that's the three utmost thing. Make the decision. Have discipline and Consistency in whatever you're doing, and then certainly have an open communication line with everybody around. As a teacher, your messages to the teachers out there. Firstly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't applaud. I mean, yes, our frontline people in the medical world sure. are working extremely hard, and I think if we did Nobelian uh, awards this past year. All over the world. Those are the people that we have to acknowledge. But I think teachers in their environment are working extremely hard. I would firstly want to acknowledge them. But secondly, I would like them to be, as we said, disciplined, positive, less anxious. And then keep the communication going. Tell Mm. parents, I couldn't do this last night. I will do this 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 coming day. I mean, just bear in mind, 
some of the teachers are still marking. Exactly. Yeah. They have to be ready for school within a week from now. And the marking's not finished. Um, they are tired. I, I they don't know. I mean, yes, most of them are marking because they get paid. Sure. Uh, there's also a few of them marking because it's an excellent experience. Uh, and then there's hopefully most of them that's got getting paid and getting the experience. But I think they are tired. Um, they are also uh, seeing this mountain that they've got to climb this year. Uncertainty is it's, it's, mm. it's a problem. But I think support. Parents need to support. At the first day of school, governing bodies who are the parent should Give the pair, the teachers that day a lunch and say to them, we are here to support you. Yes. Please don't be negative. Please don't crack down the teachers' images. If a parent gets home and they tell the kids, you know, that, that teacher could do, do nothing else. That's why they're teaching. They couldn't become a doctor. Yeah. So that's why yeah. they're teaching. Is that, is that the way you want your kid to look at their teachers in front of them? Uh, be supportive and, as I said, take a shared responsibility for what's happening. And I, and I think for teachers particularly is look at your colleagues, watch your colleagues, see, are they okay? Yes, I think that's because the awareness of yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then finally, um, as as we wrap up this program, Mel, to our learners out there, especially our uh, the, the years, grade 7, grade 9, grade 11, and grade 12. Messages to these kids. Guys, we're there. You are the best generation to face these challenges. Mm. You are best equipped. You've got all the makings to be a good student. You've got balance. You know how to balance yourself. Start growing up knowing yourself. Yes. If you're a primary school kid, know that you have to go to school. If you don't go to school, you're not going to find a job. You won't be able to read and write. So take the opportunity. If you've got the opportunity to be in a class or have the opportunity at home, just grasp every opportunity that you can to equip yourself. If you're in high school, Yes, we are sorry that you can't do contact sports. Yes, we are sorry that you won't have a Valentine's ball. But you know what? You've got excellent teachers. You've got great friends around you. I think just grasp the opportunity that you are still alive, that you are healthy, that you've got all these absolute excellent conditions around you and make the most of it. Fantastic. Melanie, I thank you. This was such an insightful talk yet again i think we'll bring you back um closer to exam times yes. to help us prepare for this help the parents and the children both prepare for this thank you for taking your time out of an incredibly busy schedule chris next week we are back with we speaking to uh, Daniel Greenslade, our psychologist, and we're going to be talking about depression, which I think fits in beautifully with today's discussion, actually, because and, and so we're going to be talking depression next week. OK, um, thank you. Um, everyone out there, stay safe, sanitize, wear a mask. hundred percent. And just be good and be safe. Turn up. Yeah, and Have love a, your kids. Love the kids. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week. This has been the Tea Health Show with Dr. Mark and Chris Avon Smith, sponsored by the Tea Clinic. For more information, contact admin at theteaclinic.com.